Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. And so we will continue on the lesson that we have began last week. We have began a series of studies in regard to enlarging our capacity of reception. We've read a number of scriptures, but the one that I'm going to read with you tonight is the one found in Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 and 3. I'm sure you are familiar with these verses of Scripture, but let's read them together. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. As I have mentioned to you last week, and you need to believe that with your heart, God's plan for your life, for my life, is much bigger than you think. His love, his care, his concern for us is much deeper, much wider than you or I can ever imagine. And it is for this purpose that God says through the prophet Isaiah, I want you to enlarge the place of your reception, the place of your tent. Enlarge the way you think and stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. And so because he has so much more to give us than what we are currently able to receive from God. And I have mentioned to you last week when when I asked the Holy Spirit, how can I enlarge my capacity of reception? So how can I make more room available to you in my life so that you can work in and through me in a greater measure than before? How can that happen? How can we make more and more room in our lives so that we may receive the highest and the best you have for us? And the first thing the Holy Spirit showed me, as I have mentioned to you last week, is to be thankful. We must develop an attitude of gratitude. Thank God for what we have. Thank God for where we are. And most of all, for what the Lord has done for us through Christ. That was the first thing. And I'm not going to go into it because I have elaborated much concerning the value or the principle of thanksgiving. Now, the second thing the Holy Spirit showed me is meditation in the Word of God. Meditation in the Word of God. To meditate means to ponder on. It means to think about and to reflect it means to roll it over and over again in your mind. 
And so what we need to do in order to enlarge our capacity of reception, we need to search the word on the subject of God's unconditional love and his goodness. Remember the beginning of the year, I'm not sure if you recall that the first message that I preached or our theme was, Lord, show me your glory. And we've discussed that the glory of God is all of the goodness and the nature of God. It is all that God is in his goodness, in his loving kindness, in his mercy, in his grace. And our theme was, or our pursuit was, for God to reveal and manifest his tangible presence by revealing his goodness in our lives and through our lives. And so when we meditate, we need to meditate, first of all, on the nature of God. We need to have a clear view or a clear understanding of who God is. And I have texted you four links by Andrew Warmack, four messages on the nature of God. I know it's too much to listen to at once, but I've encouraged you to take one sermon every week and study that and hear that message and meditate on what he shares concerning the nature of God. It's powerful. It will transform the way you think about God, but it will also give you boldness and confidence to approach God with a spirit of faith and a spirit of confidence. As the word says in Hebrews, come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. He said, come boldly, not timidly, not shamefully, not fearfully, but boldly. And the only way you can come boldly into the throne of grace is for you to know and have an understanding clear understanding concerning the love of God, the goodness of God, and the nature of God, that he's altogether good and gracious and merciful. And so we need to find scriptures, praise God for that, amen. We need to find scriptures that speak about the unconditional love of God, the nature of God, and the promises that he makes to those who are in Christ and meditate on that daily. That will boost your faith because faith is, the word of God says, works by love. And when you know that God loves you more than any other human being on the face of the earth, when you know that you know that you know that God values you and cares for you and about you, your faith receives an upgrade. In other words, you are elevated to a place of trust and faith in a God who loves you and cares for you. As Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, the apostle Peter said, casting the whole of your care, all your concerns, all your worries, all your anxieties, once and for all on him because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That's 1 Peter 5, 8, I think, from the Amplified Translation. That's one of the verses that I've learned 
of my heart and I meditate on it. We need to be rolling all the, of the cares, the anxieties, the fears, all, all on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you and me watchfully. So when we meditate in the word of God concerning the nature of God, the eyes of our understanding, the Bible says, are enlightened to the true nature of God. We begin to see him as he really is because meditation brings revelation. I want you to say that and I want you to believe that. Meditation brings revelation. That's when the Holy Spirit goes to work when you meditate the word and opens up that word and makes that word life and light to you. And let me say this. It's not the much that we read from the Bible, but the part of the word that we meditate on and digest that makes a difference. You can read chapter after chapter every day and yet go through it like a, like a religious exercise and not get anything out of it. But when you meditate, that word that you meditate becomes understandable it becomes life and light and revelation to you. So for those of us who, you know, have been doing that, or for those who just beginning, or maybe you haven't got into the habit of meditating in the word, all you need to do is take one verse of scripture with you every day when you get out your house or when you're in the house, just one verse, and meditate on that one verse that speaks to you throughout the day. Just every now and again, as your mind wanders off your work and you bring it back and just think about that verse. Memorize it. Quote it. Say it out loud. And most of all, believe it. When it comes to the nature of God and to the promises of God, to what God has done for you. Amen? That is meditation. James says... Listen to what James says, that the engrafted word received with meekness is able to save our souls. Another word for save is restore. To save means to restore to its original state and renew our way of thinking. I have mentioned to you last week that many of us have damaged souls, which renders us unable to receive the love of God through feelings and emotions of rejection, feelings of unworthiness, of guilt and shame, block our receivers. So receiving from God requires healthy and restored souls. You know, all of us have gone through hurt in life. People have spoken things to us, about us, over us, that have brought sometimes great hurt and rejection, even from our very loved ones, from our parents or relatives. And you know, when those words were believed and received, the soul has been damaged. Our emotions have been damaged. And therefore, the word of God, when it is received with meekness, has the ability to heal, to restore, and to save 
our souls, our damaged emotions, and renew our way of thinking. Sometimes wrong thinking, wrong perceptions about God are the main causes for our inability to receive God's highest and God's best. Because many people can't receive because they say, I just, I just, I'm just not worthy. I'm just not good enough to receive God's best. Lord, just give me a breadcrumb. I'll be happy with that. That is, that is, that is not in line with God's word. God loves you and wants to bless you with the very best and the very highest there is. And the problem is never with God giving you the best. The problem is with us being unable to receive God's best because of wrong thinking or damaged emotions and damaged uh, uh, souls. You know, I remember many years ago, I haven't, I haven't been reminded of that, but now this, this lesson brought it to mind, the Holy Spirit. When we went to Cape Town in 1992, we sold our business in Zimbabwe, and by the grace of God, we were able to bring all of our, all of our uh, savings out of Zimbabwe, which was a miraculous uh, thing, because in those days, you couldn't bring your money out. But God created a special miracle for Cristela and I, and we were able to come into South Africa with all of our savings of selling our business and our home that was given to my wife as a dowry from her parents. And so we came into South Africa with silver and gold. And when we were looking around to buy a house, we looked everywhere. We didn't know where our church would be located so we could buy anywhere. And we bought a beautiful home and we paid cash for it. And I recall the first few days we still didn't have curtains on. I would wake up in the middle of the night, one o'clock, two o'clock, and I would sit on the couch and feel so guilty. The enemy would bombard me with thoughts of guilt. And he would say to me, who do you think you are living in a house like that? You're a, te you're a preacher, you're a pastor. What are people gonna say when they see you living in this, in this house? And on and on he went and I took a real beating several nights until one evening as I was sitting there looking at the beautiful view, the presence of God came into the room and was the tangible presence of the Lord. And he began to talk to me. And he said, son, do you remember how often you have left your wife and your children for me and the gospel? And you have traveled to many lands to preach the gospel, leaving your family behind and your wife had to take care of the children, take care of the business and do all of the work back home. And you left her not once, not twice, but many times. And you did that for me and my gospel. And so when you moved to Cape Town, South Africa, I wanted to give your wife the very best because she gave up the very best she had for me. And she released you time and time again to travel and preach the gospel. Whoa, that lifted such a heavy burden off of my shoulders. The feelings of guilt 
<laughs> began to roll off my shoulders and I was able to just lift my hands and thank God for the beautiful home he has blessed us with. And I've been enjoying that house every single day now for 27 years. Glory to God. Amen. You know, God wants to give you the very best he has. He has already given it to us. The Bible says, how shall he not with him, Jesus, give us freely all things to enjoy? God is a giver. He's not stingy. You know, it's like you, how much you want to bless your children. You want to give them the very best. If you could, you would give them the stars and the moon. And God can give you the very best. And he wants us to make room to receive his presence, his joy, his peace. Peter says grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. So we need to know that God loves you. We need to know that God desires to give you the very best. And when you know that, the blessing is multiplied. And so that is why we're doing this study. You see, feelings of guilt and shame and thoughts of fear and feelings of being unworthy or inferior damage severely our faith and our confidence in the goodness of God, in the goodness of God. And so why? Because the Bible says it is, it is, it is love. It, the foundation of our faith is love. Faith works by love. If we don't believe that God loves us unconditionally and God is willing to bless us, our faith will not work. It's futile trying to believe and receive from God when you know that, well, maybe he's still angry with me. Or maybe because I've done this and this and this and this and this and, and the enemy will remind you of that, you know, God is not going to bless me because I'm such a bad person. Well, God doesn't know you as such. He knows you through Jesus. And when he looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. God is a spirit. And when he looks at you, he looks at your spirit man that's been recreated and made anew in the image of God. The Bible says in holiness and righteousness. And so because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are worthy, not because of ourselves, but because of him who died and rose again. And so the word, that we meditate on, receive with meekness as we meditate on, will heal our body. The word will heal our emotions and will deliver us from all fears and from feelings of rejection, inferiority, and condemnation. In other words, it will fix our receiver. Amen? Amen. Our receivers need restoration. Praise God. And it is through meditation that the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned to you, he opens up the word and gives us revelation. Psalm 119 verse 130 says something so beautiful. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I'm going to read that again. That's powerful. The entrance of God's word into our minds and into our hearts 
brings light, revelation knowledge, understanding. It gives understanding to the simple. And this is where many believers, unfortunately, fail in their endeavor to receive from God. They don't take the time to meditate in the word, especially on the subject they need help with. Hearing the word and reading the word cannot replace or substitute meditation. Thank God for hearing the word because faith comes by hearing. But meditation builds capacity for faith. How can I put it? Meditation is like digging for gold. The more you dig, the more you find. Therefore, take time and dig every single day. And finally, the third thing the Holy Spirit showed me is to practice the word. Practice the word. Practice what you know from the word. In other words, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. James says, if we only hear the word, don't do it. We deceive ourselves. We delude ourselves. We don't need the devil to do that. We do it ourselves by not obeying or doing the word of God. The, the Spirit said to me, walk in the light you received, both from the written word of God as well as the spoken word. You see, the Holy Spirit speaks. He lives in our heart. He often prompts us to do certain things or to say certain things. There are things the written word of God is silent about. And you know that. I mean, where to live, where to work, uh, your, your own destiny, your own purpose in life. The spirit, though, lives within us and he guides us, the Bible says, into all truth. You know, the other day I had a dream and um, I'm struggling. I was struggling actually to interpret. I believed it was from the Lord. I was with a group of, of people and um, I don't know how it happened, but someone reached out to me and gave me a check. And I could see the figure on that check was $650,000. Wow. And I took the check, I folded it and put it in my shirt pocket. And uh, man, I was thinking, wow, that's wonderful. So you wouldn't forget to give it to me. <laughs> now, I woke up the next morning vivid. That dream was so vivid. I said, Lord, you know, I struggled. I just, I don't understand it, Lord. What is this? And the um, next couple of days, I went up for a walk and I said this. Listen, you're going to learn something. I said, Lord, I don't need a dream interpreter. I have the dream interpreter within me. And I remembered a verse of scripture in 1 John chapter 2 that says, but you have an anointing from above and you know all things and you have no need that any man teach you, but that same anointing teaches you concerning all things and in him is truth and is no lie. And I said, Lord, Holy Spirit, I have you and you, you've given me the dream and I have that anointing. And please, could you give me the interpretation? I receive it by faith. Well, I kept walking and all of a sudden it hit me. What is money in the natural world? Is the medium of exchange. 
It's the currency of earth. When you have money, you have freedom, financial freedom. You have many choices. You, you are able to do things you couldn't do before. You have no restrictions. You can fly anywhere. You can go on holiday. You can purchase anything you want with that amount of money. You can, there's a great deal of things you can do. And the Spirit said to me, what's the currency of heaven? If money is the currency of earth, what's the currency of heaven? And I responded, faith. And the Spirit said to me, I'm going to upgrade your faith. I'm going to, you know, every now and again, my iPhone says, upgrade available. Download your upgrade. And God says, I'm going to download an upgrade of faith in your heart through the spoken word that I'm going to give you. And through this upgrade, he said, I'm going to show you things and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you hear things you've never seen before. And you're going to hear things from my spirit you've never heard before. And not only that, you're going to be able to do things like you've never done before. You, 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 that upgrade of faith will elevate you onto a higher level of faith. Wow! I receive it, Lord. I received my $650,000. Praise the Lord in the, in the spirit. Man, that encouraged me. That was a great encouragement. So when the Lord gives you a dream... Don't run everywhere else, try and interpret the dream or Google or whatever. Just go to the one who lives within you. He knows the answer and he has the wisdom to give you the interpretation. So, well, let's come back to the word. I don't know. We, we took a, side, a sidewalk here, but uh, I, I'm sure you, you also learned something from this. Now, there are, as I said, there are things the written word of God is silent about, but because the spirit lives within us, Often he would prompt us or speak to us. Uh, he may prompt you to help someone. Respond to that. Don't, don't shut your heart. He may prompt you to write a letter of encouragement to someone. He may prompt, prompt you to give something to someone or pray for them. You know, when they are in need. The other day I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, two o'clock. And I found a message on my iPhone. The message came at 11 o'clock while I was sleeping. But I couldn't sleep that night, so I came into the other room. I looked at the message. It was one of, from one of our members crying out desperately. He says, we need prayer desperately tonight. We are in a dark place. Now, who woke me up? That was the prompting of the Spirit. And I couldn't go back to sleep. I prayed, and the next day I got a letter of a testimony. Praise God that they received the breakthrough. At other times, the Spirit may prompt you to rethink your attitude and take a different approach to things. Or He may forbid you to go in a certain direction in order to take you somewhere else. Whatever He leads you to do, do it without hesitation or doubt. You know... A couple of weeks ago, my, my wife had a dream about her brother. And then I had him on my heart and heavily on my heart. We didn't know what was going on, so I called him. And oh, he says, everything is fine. 
But we did pray. We did pray and we lifted them up. And today we heard that his wife was rushed to hospital with aneurysm in the, in the brain. The last message we got was that uh, they rushed her to the theater. The doctor said they managed to solve the problem. All vitals are working properly. So they managed to catch it in time. Uh, you know, God alerts us to these things and we need to pay more attention to the promptings or to the, to the, to the impressions the Holy Spirit gives us within either through dreams or just a, 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 an ordinary impression. Being obedient to these promptings of the Spirit the Lord showed me is vitally important in being able to receive whatever God needs wants to give us. On the other hand, brushing off those impressions or ignoring them could harden our hearts and close them towards God. And you know, I am convinced, you see many good, wonderful Christians, terrible things happen to them. Car wrecks, car accidents, this happened, that happens. I am convinced beyond a shadow of doubt that the Spirit of God endeavor to warn of these things before they happen, either to take another route or to pray into the situation. But what do we do? We just simply brush them off and ignore them without stopping to listen to our hearts. And because we fail to grasp those warnings, we go right ahead into what uh, shouldn't happen. Uh, or the traps of the enemy or, or, or plans that he, he, he has devised in order to destroy us. And you know, the devil doesn't sleep. He plots and plans. And that is why we need to be awake, spiritually alert, and pick up those warnings or those signs, those impressions that the Spirit gives us. And I will give you an example from the journeys of the Apostle Paul from the book of Acts, where the Spirit of God stopped him from going into certain places in order to redirect him and reposition uh, him in order to go somewhere else. And that's important. And let's look at it together. It's found in Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 6 through to verse 10. Acts 16 Verses 6 through 10. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come into Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, it doesn't tell us how the Spirit forbade them to go into those regions. But you can clearly see from what we read that the Spirit did not allow them. He brought a check into the Spirit and did not allow them to proceed. 
And so he redirected them to Macedonia because that's where the Lord wanted them to go. But what would have happened if Paul did not pay attention to those promptings or those checks or that inner witness of the spirit within him? That his journey would have been very unfruitful. As a result of his obedience, many were saved, others were blessed, and miracles were given by the Holy Spirit. And all of these wonderful things came to pass in Paul's life because he was obedient to the leading and promptings of the Spirit. In other words, he gave God plenty of room to work in his life and do special miracles. And I believe we can do the same today by being obedient, promptly obeying these impressions of the Spirit, as well as the written Word of God. You see, obedience perfects our faith. That's what James says. By acts of obedience, Abraham's faith was perfected. And when you obey the Word, when you obey the promptings of the Spirit, your faith reaches its highest level and is able to receive God's highest and best. I am sure there are many more principles that we can adopt. Next week, we will go into some other principles of how to enlarge our capacity of reception. God desires for us to receive much more of him, much more of his goodness, much more of his love, much more of his blessings in our lives. Amen. And that's the purpose of this teaching. And I trust you've been blessed by it. I trust you've been enlightened. These are truths that you possibly know. But you know, we can know certain things. And um, every time we hear them, we receive something new. We always learn. We always grow in our knowledge. So let's close in prayer. And then uh, we will open it up for any questions, any comments or prayer requests. Heavenly Father, thank you for the power that is in your word. I thank you, Father, that you have chosen through the principle of words to save those who believe. You have chosen words in order to equip us, in order to encourage us, in order to give hope to the hopeless. So we speak this afternoon, we speak life to those who are discouraged. We speak courage to them. We bless them in the name of the Lord. Those who might be sick in body, we pray and speak words of health and healing over them. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. We speak to those who might have damaged emotions and rejection, and we say, be whole and be delivered in the power of the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for teaching us and enlightening us and guiding us from day to day in order to bring us into the place and position us into a place where we can receive the highest and the best that you have for us. We give you thanks in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.